You might have been scared about the fall of X last week. Double it. Double Add it? Add some new things. Why double it? Because Genesis is coming. Oh, yeah, that. Because someone who I've known for a while is manipulating superpowered people. And you finally get to talk about it today. Yay! <laughs> Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin! Oh my gosh, you're just Justin? Just Justin. Just Justin. What's up, y'all? Hey, friends. We have a bunch of comics to talk about today. A fat stack of comics. A big old stack. All right. You ready for the lineup? Yes. We have X-Men Unlimited, number 91. Wow. Marvel Voices Pride, number one. The Excellent, number four. X-23, Deadly Regenesis, number four. Rogue and Gambit, number four. Wolverine, number 34. And X-Men Red, number 12. Wow. That's so many, and they're all pretty much Krakow and relevant, except for one. Right. So hold on to your butts. That's two. I'd say X-23 and... Oh, right. The excellent. The excellent have no business in the Krakowan landscape. <laughs> they got no business in Krakoa. Speaking of business, we're in the business of the news. It's time for the news, the news, news, the news. news, news. news. It's time for the news, news, news. What time is it? It's time news, news time. Time, time for the news. Hey, so the news, news. is here for the news. Hellfire <laughs> Gala. We had a <laughs> we had a preview video come out. Did you see it? Yeah, that video is scary. So many things revealed. Looks, but also destruction. Yeah. Nimrod showing up and taking on Iceman. I mean, yeah. we know he's fine just because I posted some preview images of Astonishing Iceman number one today. his own book. Right. You can't forever die and then have a solo afterwards unless it's, you know, time displaced like Jean Grey. Who knows? Oh, gosh. Pesky Omegas. Pesky Omegas. So that preview video had a ton of little details splattered around and showed a bunch of people. The, the first two people, there was some some chatter about like, who are these people at the beginning? Mm. It looks like Jumbo Carnation. And I thought it was the fisherman who tended to the island before it came to be Emma's island. Oh. Way back in Giant Size Magneto number one. You would remember something like that. I would. I would also go back and look and confirm that thought. Just to make sure. Just to confirm. Yes, that is the man. Excellent. Looks just like him. The gods are making an appearance at the Hellfire Gala. We see one of the new characters in Jonathan Hickman and Valerio Skeety's upcoming story, Gods. Oh, In that preview video, but they also have their own variant cover for the Hellfire Gala. Interesting. So it looks like we'll get our first appearance of this new group and whatever it is that they do or mean to the Marvel Universe soon enough. That is intriguing. Marvel has a a Judas Traveler primer in case you wanted to know who this guy was. The man that's betraying mutants left and right. He also apparently used to be a Spider-Man villain if you didn't know. Oh, well I didn't know. Boom. There's a Marvel Zombies miniseries coming. Four-part miniseries in the tradition of the Black, White, and Red comics, which I think are really cool. They only use those three colors, so black and white and then tones of red to often show blood, and especially in a zombie book, I think there's blood around. Brains. 
in MCU news, the Secret Invasion premiered Ooh, yeah. for Hollywood folks, people on the West Coast. Yeah, those those peeps out there in the L.A. town. Having fun. They, some critics are calling it Marvel's Andor. Oh, snap. That's high praise. That's very high that praise. That is very high praise because Andor is where it's at, baby. Yeah. And there's a new release schedule for the MCU film. So yeah. I believe this is all because of the writer's strike. And not to say that, dang you writers for taking no, my Marvel for movies. You. Good for you for getting your piece at the table and what right. you should be paid. Because we would not have stories without writers. We Indeed. would not have movies without writers. Yeah. Do you have personal news? Did you think about your personal news beforehand? I didn't. I did, but all I could think of was the news that is kind of depressing. So I didn't. I couldn't think of a good, good personal news. My friend, maybe when you say something, I'll think of something. Yep. My friend Ian mm-hmm. watched Across the Spider Verse and texted me right after. He was like, "Oh my god, that movie was fire." I'm kind of embarrassed to ask this, but where do I start? What do I do? <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man." Never be embarrassed. I live for this crap. And so we just went back and forth talking about Spider-Man, talking about Spider-Man comics, where different characters come from, origins, and, you know, seeing how he might find his way into this web of stories. Oh, see what you did there. I did. It was actually really well-timed because I was waiting in the virtual queue for an hour and a half to buy New York Comic Con tickets. Oh, man. So, we are going to New York Comic Con. We are. We are going to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, we are. First announcement of that will be there at San Diego Comic Con and at the Hellfire Gala. We yes. have tickets to that as well. Very exciting. We might go to Wicked Comic Con at the end of July. I don't Ooh, know. Just maybe. threw that on here as a surprise for Alicia. Surprise. But we'll definitely go to the Uncanny Experience. Yes, we will. This here is Lenore Zan, a.k.a. Rogue. It's Cal Dodd here, voice of Wolverine from X-Men, the animated series, Bub. I want you to join me at The Uncanny Experience, the ultimate destination for X-Men fans just like you. Where you will become a mutant student at Xavier's. And be able to explore the school campus, shop the vendor hall, and meet the creators and stars of the X-Men universe. There'll be panels, parties, immersive activities all throughout the historic mansion. Whether you're a fan of the comics or the movies or the animated series, you'll find something to love. This is Chris Claremont. I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the Uncanny Experience. It's going to be one hell of a ride, Bob. I bet it will be uncanny. Get your tickets now, sugar, at theuncannyexperience.com. So that was my secret way of teeing up the con schedule into my personal news. The con schedule is really exciting. I'm, I think it's going to be a crazy couple of months, but I'm really looking forward to so many cons and so many con friends and so many cosplays. Okay, my personal news. Just because I mentioned it and I don't want people to think that terrible things are happening I will just say that my bad news is just that I'm dealing with an injury and I have to get an MRI and it's consuming my life because dance is my job so I can't do that right now but Justin's personal news made me think of some good personal news which is this past weekend was our nephew's third birthday and I Got dressed up in my Spider-Gwen 
and went to see him on his birthday. He was so excited, and he said, well, first of all, my my poor brother, he just doesn't know. He's like, it's Auntie, and she's dressed as (laughs) Spider-Man. And I was like, close. And then... But also, thanks for ruining the surprise. Right, thanks for not letting him let me think that I'm Gwen, but that's okay. He was like, you're Spider-Man. And then my sister-in-law said, or our sister-in-law said, which one though? And he was like, go spider. He did a very thorough investigation of my costume, then put on his Spider-Man sweatshirt and we proceeded to play Spider-Verse, thwip around the house, slide along walls for a good like 30 minutes, which I feel is a solid amount of time for a three-year-old. So that brought me insane amounts of joy. And then I oscillated between being a spider character, but then also being a villain Yes. And saying, I'll get you now, Spider-Man. And he would scream. Ah! But then the next day, uh, my brother sent us a photo of him in the Spider-Man outfit, like the costume that we got him. And he's just so stinking cute. And that really made my week. So there you go. Personal news. What about a poll? A poll. Three comics into the poll. Rogan Gambit, X-Men Red, and Wolverine. Who's the winner? X-Men Red. What's the percent? 68. Ooh, 70. Okay. All right. Followed by Wolverine. With? 18%. 16% and do some quick maths. No. 14% for (laughs) Rogan Gambit. No. Refuses to do the maths. I don't do math in my head. That was hard enough for me to guess what Wolverine was based on the 70% of X-Men Red. We have three general things just general questions comments concerns daniel comic extracts mm-hmm. had asked who are you most scared of losing in the krakoan era especially with the fall seemingly taking resurrections offline it seems to be a, a prediction from a lot of people is that something bad happens at the gala maybe the five are dead and we don't necessarily have the ability to bring everyone back i don't know we'll see but are you worried about any one character in particular Well, we talked about this a little bit on the Patreon, and I can't get what you said out of my head. So my original answer was Emma. So tell why, and then I'll tell you what I said. (sighs) I don't want to talk about what you said. (laughs) I am afraid because I feel like she's... She's a prime figure, and we've talked about how she's not in any, like, real previews for anything after the fall, and it seems like she could i don't know she could take she could take one for the team so to speak and not come back yeah i predicted that she would likely still continue her guest starring role in invincible iron man no confirmation of that no real details of that but she is guest starring in his tie-in issue to the hellfire gala so that was just an assumption this was this is after the fall though right we're saying who's not coming back after the fall and i don't know exactly when but yeah no that's what i'm just asking because invincible iron man is part of the fall right? right so then because i'm asking because the person that you're talking about is also involved in the fall itself and then may not make it out right so kate is the one that comes to mind because of the fact that there has been teases for her to have a great arc and then to have some not so great things happen so it just seems like she is going to have a really great arc and then die i will literally hate that oh well oh well he says barusu 33 said that this week was meh compared to last week but 
they're excited about the gala. Mm. And and I get that, you know, there was a lot more pacing and, and build up in some of these issues as we were ready for either the fall or the end of some plots. But I still enjoyed this week a lot. Yeah, it was a good week. Captain 2 Michael wants to know, what X-Men do you not like and why? For Michael, it's Scott as he's a dick. <laughs> I mean, that's valid. Um, well, we all know the answer. Charles Xavier. Because... He's a hypocrite. Sometimes, yep. I uh, There's no one that I really have front of mind when I get asked this question. Quentin Quire was always close to the top of my list, but that's changed since the Krakoan era, and especially now Old Man Omega. I feel like I just like that. Yeah. But, ah. Uh. Yeah, it's hard. There are, there are characters that I love to hate. There are characters who make me angry sometimes, but... I don't know that there are any that I just flat out despise in the way of like, I don't know. Because, yeah, I don't like Charles Xavier, but also I feel like I don't like him because of what he adds to the story is good. But character wise, he infuriates me. Yeah. Uh, Shaw. <laughs> and he's not an X-Man. He makes that point at the first Hellfire Gala. But the fact that he's already selling out all of the mutants and has done that previously. So, yeah, Shaw and Quentin Quire. But no, it's Shaw. Final answer. Final answer. Are you ready to talk about Marvel Unlimited? X-Men Unlimited? Our final X-Men green arc is here. Finally. I mean, yeah, I'll talk about it. It was a solid ending, I think, for the series. I mean, I didn't hate it as much as I hated the last two or three. I don't know. I feel conflicted because I just feel like nothing was resolved. Um, I guess. So, Nature Girl is in this confinement in the the limbo realm that Eliana has trapped her in and mother nature is there and mother nature's trying to tell her basically talk her out of a rampage right just say like it's not you your friend curse did this to you it's not curse's fault they died trying to change it also humans are still my children right like you're you're, you're disrupting the whole balance of everything you're going about this wrong i want to help you and basically nature girl says no to mother nature and then mother nature's like all right well then bye you're not my problem anymore you're not my child and just boots her out but she still has her powers and she still has her plan and she's out in the world living undercover so what has changed what did that resolve gwen now has a spot on krakoa and she has a little bit of knowledge about who she is and armageddon girl is no more armageddon girl she's actually been regressed back to more of a nature girl status but no, it, the the plot is still on the table. Nature Girl will kill again. As her last line is literally, I'm here to make a killing. Right. I just, I felt like then it said the end. And I was like, is it though? Is it the end? I think it's the end for X-Men Green. But Nature Girl might go on and do something else. I, I, that's, I don't know what you wanted. You wanted her in the pit? You wanted her dead? Like, what? I I wanted something that felt like an end. Hmm. And then Scott Summers has another child running around, apparently. Yeah, basically. <laughs> or at least another genetically created child with his DNA. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Emilio Lasso. Colors, Rachel Rosenberg. Letters, Travis Lanham. VCs, Travis Lanham. We do have uh, a point from Remy, Remspringer. Gwen deserves an infight to the Summers family barbecue. Alex would be thrilled to have a little sis. 
or niece or, or relative coming in with some spider powers, right? Yeah. Give them something to do. Because why not one more Summers for the family barbecue? You know, that cover from X-Men 1 by Hickman and Leno Francis Yu, it has some space. You could put some more people on there. You could get some more Summers in the bunch. You could add some bubs, some more bubs. All right, where do we go next? You you have Pride on the top. I feel like Pride should come after the non-Krakoan relevant because it is Krakoan relevant if you didn't pick it up. Okay, all right. So let's talk the excellent. Let's talk the excellent. Did you go back and read issue three? No. Oh, okay. I did. <laughs> do you know who this person is on the cover? Not a clue. That's Venus D. Milo. I mean, I, I know her name is in the book, but that's all I know. That's all you know. That's all you need to know, really. Fallen apart or coming back together again in a weird assortment of characters from both sides of the conflict. What do you mean? She's part parts of both teams? No, the people on the... Oh, got it. Around her. Pood and dupe and the eye and it just seems like everybody's being brought together, which maybe be some foreboding, some foreshadowing. Perhaps. High level page turn noise. The Excellent Unsocial Media. Written by Peter Milligan, art by Michael Doc Alred, colors Laura Alred, letters Nate Picos. Of Blambot. Michael and Laura Alred on the cover. We get like a, a little perspective from Hurt John as he consoles Zeitgeist during his potential transformation into godhood. I felt like this was a little bit like oddly like he was really into the pain that he was hearing hmm. zeitgeist have like the way his eyes are closed and he's like kind of smiling and well i think that he has an affinity for hurt like mm-hmm. that that's i don't know if that's his power but that is something that he's drawn to yeah the the pain of others zeitgeist is slowly turning into a god so the process of becoming godly is painful i guess i bet yeah turning golden doesn't have all the perks you thought it does. But you know what else is painful? What? Death. Yeah. As Tootlepip would tell you, seeing as she died last issue. Yes. And freaking Mirror Girl. <laughs> Mirror Girl cracks as Dox's plan is bringing everybody together. Right. Well, Dox is like, listen, we're going to take this guy out. Even though he thinks I am rewired and I'm not going to do what he you know, I'm not going to go against him. I want to overthrow him because I despise him. And I think you're being dumb by letting him manipulate you. So let's take him down, Mirror Girl. And she's just really conflicted because he has a power over her. So she agrees. But as we learn, she's not fully on board. And now back into Zeitgeist's evil lab as he's threatening this engineer. And the engineer's like, listen. You want anyone else to bring back Venus de Milo? Good luck if you kill me, because I'm the only one who knows how to do this. Well, then I'll have to do it after you're done. The ecstatics regroup, discuss Katie and Mr. Sensitive's oversensitivity. Before that, Pood and Zeitgeist come up with a plan of how they can continue to take down the ecstatics without needing docs because zeitgeist is feeling docs is not quite pure in his intentions but yes then we're checking in with our other team the kurt cobain lies the fact that the team has killed kurt cobain 
Where did this come from? It's just spreading lies. Zeitgeist is gaining our followers from these lies. You know, I, I honestly, I enjoyed the story more when we had Daniel's recap last week, <laughs> our last issue. And coming back here, it just reminded me, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not an ecstatics fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I tried. You gave it a valiant effort. Everybody wants to know where this lie is coming from. Cut to a brainstorming session to come up with the lies. They're just making stuff up. They're just throwing things out left and right. We don't need you, Docs. Hey, where is Docs? Let me go confront him in a hallway. Yeah. Also with Mirror Girl, who just has no backbone. It's really upsetting. Yeah. She always goes back to Zeitgeist, but Docs is caught, attacked. The back and forth between the two as Docs meets his potential end, assuming that Zeitgeist was dead, but then getting sprayed in the face with whatever spews out of... Whatever nastiness comes out of his face. Mirror Girl punches herself in the face. And, you know, that's the end of Docs. Throw him off the building. We're done with him. Because they don't need Docs anymore. Why would they need someone to find truth when they can just make up lies and be that much more effective? Docs does bring up the point of saying, listen... Some once they find out you're making this up, everything's going downhill. No one's gonna trust you anymore. And he's like, I don't care. Throw you off the building. I'm gonna be a god. I can do whatever I want. Hurt John is consoling Mirror Girl. It would never work between us. The two, they just, you know, they're not compatible. As John hears something in the distance, some some pain perhaps, or or maybe a transformation. As Zeitgeist has become a god. He's healed himself from all of the evils that he has done. He's over it all. The pain's all gone. To, to be, be con- concluded. That's it. That's end. God Zeitgeist is next as everyone is watching and praying to him. And It'll be over and one more issue and then you won't have to deal with it anymore. Unless there's a third. You, you think they're just going to stop? I freaking hope so. I'm curious how it'll end. I mean, I still genuinely don't really care much about the interpersonal relationships of these characters. Their powers are kind of funny, especially how they drive the narrative conflict between them. You ready to dive into X-23? Deadly Regenesis? Yeah. I really like this issue. I did too. I like this cover also. This was really cool. And it just, you know, cage the beast and then see what happens. Mm-hmm. Watch out, because she's coming for you. Page turn noise. The Past Haunts Us All, Part 4. Written by Erica Schultz. Art by Edgar Salazar. Colorist Carlos Lopez. Letters Corey Petit. VCs Corey Petit. Kalman Androsovsky on the cover. Do a little mission report. Mission report. <laughs> Kimura in Laura's head as we get these flashbacks with fun times and kidding. Yeah, because we're getting this parallel, but the parallel that we're getting for Laura's murder mission is them stealing some food to survive. So it's not quite the same level of intensity. Right. Well, and it's like she's remembering good times as she's being dredged back into bad times. Yes. But what we're learning here is that Though Kimura is puppeting this mission, Laura has plans of her own. And she's going to take out this drone 
and uh, fake kill this guy. Yeah, I love the... So, I mean, the, the symmetry of the art and the flashback will never not get a response from me. Right. But this infiltration to this guy's apartment and ability to work with him and show the heart that she's grown and gained mm-hmm. in the years since she's left the facility, the fact that she she tells this guy straight up, hey, I would have killed you and they're going to kill your family. You just have to stay here for two weeks. And he loses his mind. Like, what is this, COVID? Two weeks? I yeah. can't stay inside for two weeks. What about my family? What about my job? She's like, well, do you want your life? Seriously. Do you want your family to have their life? Check your priorities. Lay low, man. Do what I say. We get a little review at the base. Nice work, X. Kimura's authority and power. Laura's got plans to undermine it all. <laughs> but that might not be wise, Laura. I don't know. She's, she seems to be confident in it. And she's got a curiosity of Jordan's well-being. Kimura is not a fan of the fact that they're becoming buddy-buddy. What do you care about Jordan for? They want to kill you? What's the big deal? Well, no, they actually want to kill Kingpin. As we see, they have a picture of Wilson on their punching bag. Yes. He ordered my brother's death. Doesn't mean we're friends. Right, exactly. So Jordan's still not 100% on board with Laura. Yeah, So, but why? If you hate me, why do you work with Kimura? It's all for that boxing career. It's all to get back in the ring, MMA. Right, and Laura's letting them know, you might not actually know the real Kimura. I don't think Laura even knows the real Kimura, especially with this later reveal, but we'll get to that soon enough. The fact that Kimura's watching them talk trash about her, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, enough of this. You're going on a mission because the big guy's coming. The boss. Five hours out as we get sent to a mission on the docks. Kamora's not messing around this time. You're not going to take out my drones. We're tapping into the security cameras and we're watching everything you do, Laura, because I know you're up to something. And even just the way that she doesn't actually take out everyone here. Right. She just suffocates this one guy. She infiltrates the storage locker and finds a scientist that bears an eerie resemblance to her mother Ooh. and an exchange that she's had in the past. Dr. Kinney. And so the mission is get the test tube. So all she's going to do is swipe that test tube. She's not going to harm this doctor because that's unnecessary. Yeah, I, I love the fact that Kimura says, I don't need her alive. Well, that also means you don't need her dead. You just want this serum. You want right. whatever it is they're working on. Again, the flashback panels, they'll always get me. Yeah, they're so great. The parallels are really wonderful. And then it sort of comes back to bite her that she didn't kill this guard because they're awake now and firing. Yeah, now we'll see some action. Just imagine her on the other side with popcorn. Just, oh, I just, I send you out because I want you to slice up some dudes and I watch. I'm so ready for you to kill people. What are you going to do instead? Slice up the gun, leave him alone and get out of there. She's so upset. Back at the mission debrief, like, no killing? Lame. What did I pay for? Right. <laughs> and Jordan is is questioning, why didn't she just kill them? Right. What's, what's the ulterior motive here? And then we see, we see some true colors coming out. Kimura threatens another life. Burnham, the guy who's been kind of under her thumb the entire time and... Potentially has uh, a wife and children in threat. Mm-hmm. 
But even though Laura agrees, hey, I'll work with you, Kimura's like, all right, still, I got to kill somebody. Someone has to die. Right. I got an itch. And I, I think it's important that we take in the note of the look on Jordan's face yeah. when Kimura just turns and shoots this other guard. Is oh, my like, God. She just. You definitely are playing with me, Laura, and I'm not feeling it. So let me remind you, let me put you in your place and let you know that you do what I say, how I say it, or people die. And now it's time to meet the benefactor. You too, Jordan. What? Why would I go? And there he is, the man himself, the kingpin. Wilson Fisk. Oh, next, deadly reunion. And it doesn't look good for Laura on the next cover. No, it does not. Laura must escape Kingpin's clutches to save Kimura's hostages. What'd you think? I really like it. I think it's fun, and I'm, I like starting to see Laura's perspective. I do still feel like if we put Logan in this story, it could be exactly the same. I don't agree. You don't agree? I mean, I see that there are similarities, but I also know that she is half clone of Logan, so I, I think I let that go a little bit easier than you have that they have a lot of similarities to begin with. So you don't think that if Logan was somehow held captive by the people who Weapon X'd him, that he wouldn't do the same thing of like, I don't kill unnecessarily and wouldn't be finding ways around killing and plotting to take down the people who are controlling him? I mean, that's a very hero instinct, I think, though. like You could put almost anybody in that situation and they would not want to go on a murder spree they would want to try to find their way out of that situation yeah i i like this story i really do the intercutting flashbacks and character details and definition for laura has been really great i'm here for this brewing revenge plot against kimura especially now that jordan is hopefully on laura's side yeah they are going to team up to take down the kingpin i hope they have to and i don't know if they can or like, we know Laura is going to be fine. We never hear about Jordan, though. This yeah, is... what happens to Jordan? Yeah, no good. No good things. Jonathan Elvey asks, can we admit that Jordan regrets now working for Kimura? <laughs> I think, I hope so. I Yeah, I certainly hope so. I think they've seen the light a little. Yeah. On top of not only watching Kimura kill someone just because she felt like it, But now knowing that the person he actually truly hates is the kingpin and that's the person controlling this whole organization. Right. It's definitely a moment of, oh, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Eric Huffman says, wow, Kimura needs to be taken down. She is ruthless. This comic is doing a great job adding to the characters in X-23. Mainly Kimura, who I knew of, but nothing else. Laura, too. It reinforced the fact that it's not all about the rage for Laura. There's more to life. The fact that she's working through it all in kind of a a good solid headspace Mm. she's not giving into the berserker rage that is more trademark for wolverine logan yeah that's true vaderino said that it felt a little slow in its pacing still a good read but i wish it'd pick up the pace and i think that we're going to get that in the last issue because that's the final Mm. only one more only one more and we have to get some resolution that I would agree that this was a slow paced. I mean, there were two missions. Yeah. Lots of action. Well, lots of uh, avoided action, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And I think that that helped to portray the character of Laura and what she's trying to do here. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so we have a couple of stories that we're going to call out, but not necessarily go in depth on within the Marvel Voices Pride issue. And then one that I would like to talk about because it's going to be relevant. Well, first, let's talk about this cover of the Marvel Voices Pride issue because there's a a good amount of mutants on that cover. Oh, yeah. If that was any clue as to there being a good amount of mutants inside. You got Escapade and Morgan. You got Destiny and Mystique. You got Gimmick. You got Somnus. Who else? Billy. Yeah. Wiccan. I think that's it. Those are the only mutants. No, North Star's back there. Iceman. It's mostly mutants. Yeah. Cool. All right. Here we go. Page turn noise. So a couple of stories to call out here. The the first one, Gwen Pohl's ace representation, right? Mm-hmm. Asexual representation that we were following through the Marvel Voices Infinity comic or the, the Love Unlimited, I think it was. Yes, Love Unlimited. Because she wanted her own love story, but really found the love for herself. Yes. And then we go to a little Gambit and Black Cat story, Be Gay, Do Crime, mm-hmm. as Black Cat is trying to meet up with Kandra, who... We've seen in the build-up to Ten of Swords, she was an external, is an external, that was sacrificed by Apocalypse to help create the external gate to Amenth. Ah. That makes sense, because I remember you said to me, do you remember her? And I was like, no, but I read Ten of Swords in a blur, so. Ten of Swords, a lot of relevance coming up. I had posted this week about those characters and anybody remembering fondly of that story and a handful of people said if you revisit it it's much better Mm. which i do have the trade if you're Uh curious we'll see we'll see it's a big trade yeah that's a lot we have uh jumbo's fashion walk yes everybody getting ready for the pride fashion show and poor jumbo is knocked out because of it get some good looks in there especially for north star shatterstar Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. Again, mostly mutants. Mm Mm-hmm. But then the last story of the book is the one that I really want to call out. This is Gimmick from Children of the Atom. Mm Mm-hmm. Teeing up out of War College for this second class of War College mutants and connecting it to Dark Web, which to take elements from three largely panned series and or events... And make them all work together while setting up the most anticipated story of the fall of X for me personally. Like Steve Fox, you genius. Yeah, it was definitely interesting to see kind of how all those elements came together and then left us with a little something something. Yeah. Which I think is what's cool about the Pride issues. I feel like for the last three years we've had something happen in the Pride issue that has been pretty relevant to what happens in an X story going forward. Yeah. And even this issue has a couple of first appearances for characters as well. But not this story particularly. This story is gimmick Carmen and Buddy with a little framing device as Carmen's recapping her adventures with the War College class. Mm-hmm. And we get names for our War College class. The guy with antennas which i called antlers last episode yes and i knew it after i listened back to it while i was editing but kafka 
with bug powers, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. with these antennas and wings. Well, can understand the bugs, as we learned, but, but can't communicate, can't communicate with, them. with them. What? <laughs> Honestly, this made me like the war college idea. Because but you're not getting it. That's fine. That's good. I don't want it again. I'm, I'm glad with it here, condensed and used on a mission and, and really as a propulsion for gimmick to get some leadership skills to take control of this situation and lead the rest of this class against these two renegade mutants that are causing a ruckus before getting their own sort of amnesty from the Limbo Tower. Yes, so the War College is doing their their War College thing and then Firestar shows up and she's like, um, hey, we have a somewhat small situation because we have two disgusting mutants one who shoots giant snot rockets and one who throws bugs around and they're causing as you said a ruckus in central park and gimmick is able to say oh i want to team lead this yeah let me team lead this put me in coach and so they go out and you know they do their thing it does get a little out of hand in some parts but they regroup just in time for those two mutants to run behind the gates of the limbo embassy and say, ha ha, can't touch us. We're on goo. You can't, you can't tag me. Can't tag me anymore. We do get the reveal of gimmick's new costume. Yes. Which I do like. Yeah, I uh, do too. Yeah, it looks great. And it drops the whole gambit motif, which and is good. Also, I still feel confused as I don't fully remember what gimmick's powers are. She's a shapeshifter. So she has powers similar to Mystique, but it also seems like she has the ability to get the powers of whatever she shifts into. So mm. she goes into beast mode, as she calls it, a work in progress catchphrase. Yes. Not sure if that's going to be the final one. Right. And gains claws and more strength and ferocity as she attacks one of these two. I don't even remember their names. <laughs> spider person. Well, one and, was and snot. Snot and yeah. Which is gross. Maybe we'll see them in Dark X-Men too? Maybe. And yeah, we get left with this this tease of Maddie lurking in the shadows going, hmm. And it says, gimmick joins the X-Men all right, but not the ones she's expected. Pick up Dark X-Men number one in August for the next chapter. Which you know we're going to do. Obviously. That's, I know. There's, there's a handful. Everybody likes their own books. That was That's the one that I'm super excited about. Yeah. Can't wait for that one. This was written by Steve Fox with pencils and inks by Rosie Campi. Colors by Kelly Fitzpatrick and Ariana Maher on letters. This is Ariana Maher. All right. Now to the real Krakoa. Oh. To, to, the, big, to the big books. The full books. The big ones. The big three. The big three. Rogan Gambit, number four. Ooh-wee. This is probably... It, it would be my favorite cover of the week if it wasn't for X-Men Red's Team Splash. Mm, you do love a good Team Splash. But I, I love this cover. And I, I kind of go back and forth with the covers on this series. There was the one that I was like, eh, I don't know. This one's really great. I, I like this cover a lot. I don't necessarily love gambit and rogue's faces though i think that that was a problem with one of the previous covers too is it they look long it's not quite how i picture them you know Mm. but it's still it's still a great cover here we go 
Page turn noise. As we see some power being brokered. Three months yeah. ago. Wow. So we've got this battle going on between this is the juggernaut and who's this? Absorbing man. Absorbing man. They're fighting it out with a bunch. They're doing this as very like preliminary Hunger Games style. Yeah. We're going to watch you from a glass box. Just showing off the goods. Hey, yeah. do you want to buy one of these super powered folks that I have delivered to you? And we get our Kavanakaba. Ruben. Ruben is here. So he's not in it. He's not into it. He's like, listen, I know your shenanigans. You tricked me last time. Faulty goods. I don't want your shenanigans again. And then the power broker says, well, let me show you what happens when I push this little magical button. The real demonstration of power. Full control. And now Juggernaut will destroy because Absorbing Man shall absorb nothing. And I love Ruben's last panel here on this flashback. Hey, do you take requests? Yeah. Can I just ask for a specific mutant, please, and thank you? Title page. Sir, we only play the hits. Killer Tech, written by Stephanie Phillips. Art by Carlos Gomez. Colors, David Curio. Letters, Ariana Maher. Steve Morris on the cover. I love this data page conversation. This text thread is yeah. hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. It's great character dynamic. It blows me away a little bit about how in between council meetings where everything's crumbling around her and the threat of Genesis coming, Storm's got some time to text Bestie like, hey, Gambit, what's hey, up? You got how you doing? To play romance therapist between Gambit and Rogue, even though... Neither of them want to communicate. I'm worried about you. Talk to Rogue. Here's the thing. I thought that this data page was so important because, yes, Rogue is going to bring it up later in the issue. But I feel like this is the first moment that we're getting any insight into why Gambit is not quite acting like the Gambit that we know or that people expect him to be. This issue in general actually gave us the context as to what the the squabble was about right it's essentially that gambit died in other worlds and messed him up we know that that doesn't bring you back exactly the same and he's not talking about it he's not talking to roke about it and that's causing some dissonance between them and i just love the sassy quips back and forth between between these two oh is that everyone with weather powers getting a therapy degree now yes that's exactly what's happening gambit yeah, it's the sassiness and it's the full communication with the recent history of gambit and knowing what he's been going through knowing what rogue's been going through and just this moment i feel like the character voices is spot on mm-hmm. i hear storm in this mm-hmm. but now we go back to rogue in the present day with her accidental killing of vanisher whoops well, she's she's a little torn up about sure, it. Sure, sure, yeah. You want to talk about being upset because someone died. Mm-hmm. And in walks the villain. The mystery. The power broker. The guy who's on the cover of issue five. Literally read the first page, saw that his name was the power broker, and I said, I don't know this guy. Doesn't mean anything to me. Sure. The only reference of power broker you know is from... The Bucky and Sam. Yeah, that's right. And it's stupid Sharon. Yeah, which they're probably going to take back because everyone hated it. Because it was a terrible decision. Sure. 
How dare you slander the Carter name like that? Anyway, tangents. Lo- Rogue's going to learn her lesson. You know, why should you not mess with the power broker? Well, because I have control of the juggernaut and he's going to deflect your attack onto me. Yeah. And then also, P.S., I'm also controlling manifolds. And here he is. And he's going to put this electric shock business on you. So you fall to the floor and I can begin to insert my chip because you, my dear, are a hot commodity. Yeah. Controlled. And Rogue doesn't like that. Mm -mm. Neither does Gambit as he pops in for the rescue. Oh, my God. You know, I, I love Carlos Gomez's art and this page. You know, I'm a big, big Gambit fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great Gambit splash page. It's amazing. This whole slew of pages with the two of them oh, yeah. arguing while they're fighting because Rogue has control of her like mind and her words, but not her physical body. This whole thing like really hurts my heart. It, it, but it also is the best sequence of yes, the series yes, thus far. Yes. The fact that we're actually getting to the meat of the problem and our characters are finally communicating with each other about what's going on. Right. Just the fact that he comes in with a 52-card pickup line. That's classic Gambit. Oh, and just like being like, I'm here to save my girl, okay? She's not a girl who needs saving, but I shouldn't have left her behind. It's interesting, and it was while I was reading this, I only just now realized how a handful of built-up mainstay relationships are all in rocky space. Mm. Rogue and Gambit, with this disagreement, Scott and Jean, Destiny and Mystique. Yeah. Like, like these are mainstay couples that, I don't know, what's going to happen? Nothing. Better not. I don't know. Gambit's in Dark X-Men, and chill, Rogue is nowhere chill, to be seen. chill, chill. Probably because she dies here. <laughs> I can't chill. <laughs> Gambit saves Rogue and then gets knocked in the face right afterwards. Right in the face. And she's like, I'm so sorry. It's not me. No, it's time for couples therapy. This is a brilliant scene. Mm-hmm. The duality of what's going on here. The physical and emotional coming out as Gambit only avoids and dodges Rogue's attacks. Because he can't pull himself to, to run, to leave his wife. And she's like, Gambit, I know you're not telling me something. Like, these two pages where she's saying, like, you've been holding back. And she's talking about how she used to catch him looking at her. And now she doesn't even know where he is when he's sitting next to her. Like, yeah, oh that my hurt. God. That hurt. The danger of the device, right? So he just wants to remove the device Don't off do of her. It. So this is the second instance of death in this series played out to be a much bigger deal than I think that it should be in the Krakoan age, right? Like, would you rather allow yourself to be used and manipulated as a mindless weapon or lose the last few days of memories? I guess. And it might just but, be because, like, you know, outside looking in, laissez-faire attitude about, well, like, they, they can just come back. You know, it's she's toasty, right? <laughs> right. And I think, but I think it's probably part of something that the mutants are working towards is to not be so cavalier with they could just die whenever and it doesn't matter. But I would say if there was an instance to play it so that it would benefit you, this this would be one of them. Right? Manifold at the beginning of this and then Rogue especially. I mean, Rogue is, as we see later on, the attack gets yeah. even worse. So Power Broker slips out while this is going on and things are just building. And now Rogue is going to absorb the powers of 
all of the villains. Yeah, eat this absorbing man. I'm We've gonna got take everyone's absorbing man. We've got Manifold, who's not a villain, but he's in there. We've got Electro. We've got the Juggernaut. Like what she's happened? getting all of them. What happened to Lady Deathstrike? I don't know. She's there, I think, somewhere. Maybe, who knows? Like, this was emotional and good, plus the action oh, scenes she, themselves. She's in the, she's in the car, the the helicopter. So she's she's been removed because she's the goods that yeah. they need to. She's then the one that Ruben wanted, right? Right. Which is makes me curious as to who wanted Rogue. I don't think anybody wanted Rogue. I think he just is like lucky, Prize. lucky for me. I right. got Rogue now. You dummy, you stumbled into my clutches. How does the series resolve? I don't, That's I don't, an I'm genuinely question. curious. The helicopter escape is thwarted. Just please give me the remote. I need to stop her because she is incoming. Watch yeah. out. Yeah. If you thought Listen, Rogue was scary before. You know, I think you think you know what's going on, but she has now lost control. And she is all the things at once and we need to stop her. Plus a little data page on the power broker getting the file ready. I just thought this was so funny, this data page. It was like, do you want to know who the power broker is? Well, power broker, in a sense, is a character, but this isn't really them. This is a new version. Yeah. And they fail at, you know, new Everything. businesses. They're not great, but they're evil. I'm, I'm blown away as to how much I enjoyed this issue and how I've just been, what about the other ones? Mm-hmm. Well, you liked the last issue, too. Did I? You did. You said it was the best one of the series. Well, I take it back because this one's the best one of the series. Well, I would agree with that, but I'm just saying, liking two out of four is not too shabby. We'll see what happens with the end. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? I really liked it. I liked it because I was heartbroken while reading it. Yeah. The relationship was really cool. Like to dig into what exactly is going on. To really be, to have it like hit me in the face of like, oh yeah, Gambit died in other worlds and he's changed and he needs to talk about that. And that would obviously cause a rift in their relationship. And that makes so much more sense to me. Like, I don't know if somewhere in the beginning of things, like that got edited out of an issue and we just didn't get it no, back they, until now. Yeah, they never mentioned it. Right. You know, that, and might explain why he's drinking all the time, right? right? Trying yeah. to run from his his inner darkness. And exactly. Like, he's not the Gambit you know him to be because he's dealing with some stuff. Some dark demons. I worry that Rogue is going to die and potentially be offline. Why are you trying to kill everybody? I'm not trying to kill everybody. I'm trying to prepare you for everyone to die. Why are you trying to prepare just me? Because I'm fine. I'll be there. I'm, I'm the one who said Magneto should stay dead. Yeah, and I disagreed. Well, no, I said a handful of things. I said we should follow Sinister's great idea of making a football team of Magnetos because that's amazing. If a character dies a death worthy of that character, then it's different than if they just die willy-nilly. Yeah, I'm a yeah, big yeah. girl, okay? I can have my feelings and then I can process my grief yeah this this issue was the payoff right mm -hmm. or at least the the start of it it makes me hopeful that the last issue will deliver i i think actually exploring why there are troubles within the relationship helped versus just repeatedly saying we have problems mm -hmm. i i think that having a little bit of that peppered in 
the first couple of issues would have gone a long way with understanding what the struggle was here, why we're at odds. For sure. That's what I was saying. Like, did there somehow, did that get edited down and they didn't realize that they were leaving us with no context or... (laughs) Barusu33 agrees Rogan Gambit series started out rocky but has flourished as of late, right? It it really does kind of bring Mm -hmm. it together. Fake Torta, wondering something similar to what I was saying, are the murder mommies the only ex-couple surviving Fall of X? Like, are they even surviving it, though? Right. And and you want to talk about mainstay couples. I started to then brainstorm, okay, Betsy and Rachel, they're a new couple, but mm-hmm. they seem to be fine. Richter and Shatterstar, haven't seen either of them, really, but I'd assume that they're fine. Logan and his drinking problem, they're fine. Oh, rude. They're going to continue. He needs the whiskey and the beer. None of that pissed champagne whoa 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 you can't say that word on this podcast piss <laughs> sure i can that's not a swear what is it what are we third graders <laughs> pp <laughs> vaderino said honestly it's a great issue the idea of storm texting makes me giggle <laughs> i 100 percent agree yeah i feel like storm would more so just like come like she would just appear and be like listen gambit we gotta have a chat rather than text get it together eric huffman also calling out that little text page between gambit and roe was so cool it's a relationship that got lost in the last two decades and i'd agree Mm. right it had that moment and it was probably because it was claremont at the end of his tenure in his original run and then has gradually come back with that miniseries and now here Mm mm-hmm Time for the bubs. It's time to get bubsy. Beast wields the weapons of X in Wolverine number 34. Epic action covers. These two go head to head. I love this cover. Wolverine not intimidated at all by this giant... I don't even know. What would you call this? I don't know. Skeletor fortress? Right. Krakoa skeleton man. Which... Also has powers that we yeah, didn't even what? know about. What? Beast, come on. Craziness. Give me some of that. Let's dig in. Page. Turn. Noise. The boat bros. Picking up right where we left off as Wolverine and Maverick are attacked from the skies. They're here to take down Hank while also getting taken down themselves. Yeah. Dodging There's- the... There's an awful lot of swearing in this week's issue. Yeah. A lot of little symbols where words should be. But it also, I like that it's consistently the same swear, especially mm-hmm. on this first page. They're dodging the explosives as the U.S. military is here. Hey, well, we must be onto something. They're either here to destroy something or protect it. Right. So we've got to be getting close to whatever it is that they want. And we see underwater... Beast is lurking below. Watching from below as they fire back on the jets, about to start an international incident. Wolverine says something he doesn't often say. Let's just talk this one out. This, honestly, and I feel like we've said this about X-Force previously, but Wolverine as well, it reads like an action-adventure movie. Yeah, for sure. And so much of it depends on the art and how much changing of perspective that the f- different pages that we're getting all this chaotic energy mm-hmm. the explosions everywhere 
and I love the art. The art is so beautiful. The colors especially, like the deep blue of the night with the with the oranges and yellows and reds of like the gunfire and the explosions. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Our boat's busted and Logan's trying to hail Bannister. Like, let's talk it out. Let- the realization of each other of like, <laughs> wait a minute, Logan, is that you? Jeff, is that you? And the way Jeff is like, tell me something to make me know it's you immediately. In, in the most Logan way possible. Hey, you drink terrible beer and you obsess over your lawn. And also your daughter's really important to you. Your daughter would be super mad if she knew that you were firing on me right Firing now. missiles on your only friend. You dummy. Everybody stop firing. It's a title page. The Great Aphrodisiac. Weapons of X, part four. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Juan Jose Reap. Colors, Frank Diamarta. Letters, Corey Petit. VCs, Corey Petit. Lionel Francis Yu and Romulo Fajardo Jr. on that beautiful cover. So we have an exchange of words. A meeting, a rendezvous. Mm. Logan and Jeff and their fun relationship. <laughs> this is the way that they relate to each other. What are you doing out here? What do you think I'm doing? Fishing? Of course. I'm looking for bestia, dummy. The bubbles on the water that Maverick notices before it's too late. And this splash page. I can't. Ooh. So and, good. And it's got that great pacing of pages where you get the turn and reveal mm-hmm. versus it just being on the right side. Yeah. Because when it's on the right side, it spoils it. Spoils it. I hate when it spoils it because I'm so bad. Like I can't. I dart. Like, I dart I'm like, to the cover yeah. it. Cover it up. Put your I hand try, over there. I try to like block it with my arm, but my eyes just dart they, across. They see it before, and yeah, beasts, Skeletor, monsters. Not just a monster because it could shoot ray plasma rays energy of some sort some, out of its something. hands. Yeah, purple energy. It's gonna take down, take down those planes. Take down everything as Jeff is swirled into this whirlpool. The art. Logan's going to jump in after him, but Maverick's like, dude, you can't save him. Even the chaotic cutting of panels in Mm -hmm. this, you know, just where you would not usually have panel divisions. Right. To just tell you, no, this is this is chaos. This is unruly action happening. Logan coming up out of the water with his little mermaid flip. I gotta find him. I gotta find my love, my Prince Eric. You're not gonna find him. Get up here on this iceberg with me. There's not enough room for us both. <laughs> We're mixing too many movies. I'll never let go, Logan. Uh, so Maverick and Logan... Head to the bar. They go to the bar. Nobody seems happy about them being here. Do you see them in the background just all staring at them? Well, yeah. I mean, they're also like war torn and, yeah. and like logan's got bullet holes in his top but and maverick's he's... got a huge gun right <laughs> i would not trust these two either and then knock 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 bubs, who's at the door bubs is here to play and he's got a bomb he's got a bomb but it's not a bomb it's a message in a bomb it's too late we've already blown him up <laughs> which again I mean, if i'm these people at the bar and these two guys Start fighting this other guy that looks like one of the first guys. I, what, what's going on? I'm out. I please, gotta go. Please take this outside. I can't be a part of this right now. But it's a message. It's a beast, beast. hologram. 
Help me, Logan. You're my only hope. He says, listen, Logan, let's go to a fancy dinner where I can flaunt the fact that I have Jeff Bannister held captive and you can do nothing about it. I'm going to wine and dine you. Show up, you dummy. You are going to be my pretty date. (laughs) It's a great use of a data page to send a message from one character to another Mm -hmm. rather than just having it be a giant word bubble or, or two or three. And especially Poppin champagne. And especially with the visual of Beast having been shown right. the panel before. Right. Beast is just evil villain monologuing here. Look at him try to give Wolverine that glass of champagne and Wolverine just looking at him like, just stop it, you dummy. I don't drink that fancy piss. I'm not here to eat food with you. I'm here to negotiate. And I do like that we get this sort of revisit of that moment at the first Hellfire Gala where Beast was just like schlopping up the food. The, the shrimp, yeah. Yeah, now he's like going ham on a lobster. Oh, man. Look at his eyes on that bottom. Disgusting. That bottom he's right so panel. He's so gross. He's so, he's just full confidence here. The fact that he announces their mutual respect. This conversation is really good. It's the heart of the issue. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't like what I'm doing, but it works. And plus, I don't care that you don't like. And you do terrible stuff all the time. Right. I'm working for Krakoa and I'm getting things done. You're just jealous because I'm using you. You're jealous that I'm doing it. I'm using your little meat puppets. I just hate watching Beast eat. Like, it's literally terrible. I've got an army of your primal shadows, which is a cool way to name them. Yes. Oh, just look, it's so detailed. It's and so, so gross. insane. Oh, it's man. so disgusting. He's just literally shoving his face. And and then Wolverine's like, this isn't you. Isn't it, though? And he's like, oh, I hate when people say that. This isn't you. This is me. Maybe I just was bogged down by trying to fit into human society this whole time. And this is actually who I am. Yeah, this is, this is Ben Percy taking a real crack at the where is this beast coming from? Mm-hmm. This pressure of so-called civilized norms is the only thing keeping me in check. And once that restraint is released, the true spirit of a man or mutant reveals itself. But listen, the reason we're really here is to negotiate. You want Jeff? I want my Wolverines back. You got two of my guys. Bring them back. Give me my guys or I kill your guy. Okay? I do See like, you later. I do like the fact that Wolverine goes for the claws, but he knows and they talk about how that's not going to solve anything. Right. You can't, you can't swing your way out of this. This is a, this is a chess game. You got to play the long. Mm-hmm. Get some info from Maverick on this next data page. Yeah, Maverick's been doing some research on those Wolverines. He's got machines in his little hideout. And though they are not very smart to begin with, and it will take them a long time, they do get smarter. Yeah, their brains are becoming stronger at a slow rate. And let's just call out the Krakoan technology of this collar that's keeping them under Beast's control. How Mm -hmm. might they use that against him? Dun, dun, dun. Because if you could get... Beast Prime, as he calls himself, or Prime Beast, under one of those collars. Oh, yeah. Or if you could somehow hack into those collars and then have control of all the Wolverines. Back to Maverick's hideout. I like their their silly little Yoda talk. Outlet, outlet, (laughs) out. Kill you. Kill, kill you. Bub, bub, bub. (laughs) (laughs) The bub, bub, bub is the best one. Yeah. 
They weren't talking before. No. No, they weren't. And it's the fact that the healing factor. So we saw this in real time Mm -hmm. as Logan himself underneath Krakoa in the pit of Krakoa was working to get his brain back, to get his personality back. Right. And now Maverick brings up the point that Beast is surrounding himself with this army that could turn on him at any moment. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that keeps them also in check would be the collars, too. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they would be completely in control, even if they regain consciousness. Yeah, that's interesting. Would they be able to fight it? And something that just popped up, if... So at the end of this story, Weapons Mm -hmm. of X, part whatever. Beast is dead. Everybody rejoice. All his Wolverine clones are still alive and they've regained full sentience. No, we can't have all those. What do you do with that? What do you do with that, though? Do you kill them? I don't know. You can't just let them. They're going to get turned into sentinels. We've seen what happens. You can't have that many Wolverines running around. I don't know what you do. Talk to Logan. He'll probably say kill him. Just kill him. They want to be dead anyway. They're sick of being alive. Weapons of X Part 5. Next issue here. Oh, gosh. What do you think? I I really enjoyed it. I'm into the Maverick Wolverine team up. I like seeing the potential downfall of, of Beast in, in his little trinkets not working right for him. I thought the dinner meeting was a, like, it's progressing the story. We're seeing Beast take steps forward and we're seeing more and more of how people are getting fed up with him. Like, we've been fed up with him for a while, but we haven't seen that on panel. And now we're seeing it happen in real time. And that is exciting, though I can understand the perspective of people being like, oh, my God, this is taking so long. But also, like, we're getting to the juicy bits of it now. And I'm enjoying the the slow burn. Yeah, I don't I don't know that it's I mean, I guess it's taking a long time because it's been building and it's technically been building in the background for the entire time. Right. Mm -hmm. This has always been the and this is why I think. Is this the end of Ben Percy's story or is this building to, I don't know, what what else comes after this? I, I don't know. It's interesting. The fact that the head and the heart or the, the head and the fist, that's mm-hmm. always been the, the parallel that was started from the beginning, that first issue and, and discussing how is this island changing us? Mm-hmm. How is it making us soft or making us who we really were? Right. Yeah, I did think that was an interesting perspective of like, is this who Beast always was? And then I started thinking like, you know, I very, I've read very few of the early comics, but you think about Beast like before he was even blue and him saying like, oh, the constraints of society were making me that way and this is who I really is. Like, I don't know that this is who he always was. No, I think that there's a lot of influence by... The situation that they're in and the general hatred that he's experienced because of his physical form. Yeah. And I think the power that has gone to his head since Xavier was like, you're head of X-Force and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. I do think that particularly plays into it. Remspringer is wondering, how is this one of the more graphic issues I've read of Wolverine? Because it was all out action. Yeah. It was intense. Slashing. Bub, bub, bub. 
Because <laughs> you have the most, the highest density of Wolverines in a single issue than you've ever had previously. Then the more Wolverines, the more gore. Yeah. Eric Hoffman is always here for the bubs, and he loves the buildup. Beast just keeps justifying his crap. Surprising that Logan has that much restraint after everything. An interesting development with all the clones. Maybe the weapons of X will jump sides and Logan will have an army. Well, That's what that, I'm talking about. Yeah, that would be cool. But we did see not that long ago, Sage was like, don't kill him. And Logan just lost all restraint sure. and just killed him. And then immediately saw that Beast had a contingency plan and that backfired on him. So I think he knows like with Jeff's life in the balance that he really can't just can't play it like that. He can't just do what he really wants to do and stab beast in the face. Yeah. And we know beasts long game plan in X-Force too, the ghost calendars, right? How he's just going throughout time with all these different options. Right. Galetta Grafico is asking how will beast be redeemed? Can he be? I don't think this beast can be redeemed. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's always gone back to the idea of resetting him to an earlier point. Yeah. Give me Avengers Beast. This version of Beast is just... Too far gone. He's just... There is no coming back from that. Vaderino said the lobster fest scene was gross. Nobody is that nasty eating a crustacean. It's disgusting. Get a grip, Hank. I know you're a villain, but show some decorum. <laughs> I know, right? He's like, let me do this fancy private dining experience so I can shove my face so disgustingly. You know, he's really giving in to his primal instincts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gorging himself on the power. My gloves, Mariah Carey. True love is holding a conversation with Beast while he eats. Mm-hmm. You know, they have this mutual respect, even though they hate each other right now. They at least respect each other. It's beautiful. Our final, our book of the week. X-Men Red. The cover. I mean, come on. So much awesomeness on this cover. Yeah. The faded white sword in the background looming over everyone. The coloring and connection to Storm's lightning. Plus, it has the look of X-Men Red. You know, it yeah. has just, I, I. It's got those X-Men Red vibes. Yeah. Here we go. Page turn noise. Then, Amenth, the Ivory Spire. Genesis is coming. White Sword reflects on Genesis' history and the present, the lasting impacts of Annihilation's helm into a staff. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, some of this was a little bit, I was like, what's happening? I'm not going to lie to you. I was feeling a little bit way of X here where I was like having a hard time following the mythology of Genesis and and all of the all of that. Well, it's because this is the first time we've seen Genesis with the staff, right? How is that affecting her in a different way seemingly than the helm? Right, so annihilation had been turned from the helm that was worn by those who were corrupt by it into this staff, which seems to be doing just as much to corrupt, if not more. But she looks like the person you know and would trust. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about Apocalypse. We don't see him at all. Yeah, where is he? Everybody's like, "Where's Apocalypse?" She's like, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He did. Thank you, Mother Annihilation. That <laughs> <laughs> was the the power of the staff." As we get some some John Ironfire history. 
He's, he's been alive for a long time. Yeah, and he is the first of the 100. He's died, he's come back. He's died, he's come back. He's been serving the white sword for all this time, and then he is released. Even yours, my oldest friend, John Ironfire. The impact when he's released. You got Oof. old, Blue. There are a lot of notes that... Uh, what's this relationship? What do you mean? More than friends, perhaps? You think? Especially as he rides off carrying his soul, the... The person, there's there's a handful of lines that read into it, I think. Okay, I'm here for it. Now you will die for real if you die. The pact of the Iraqi. I am not afraid of a life that ends. Mm, and guess what? This message has been interrupted because Genesis is not coming. Genesis is here! Ah, oh, and all the Amenthi diamonds coming in. Amazing splash page. I love it. I have I have like this elaborate goal in my mind to take an image of Paul Revere and input John Ironfire's head onto his body and then like Did you see how Genesis is coming, Genesis yes, is coming. Yes. It's a title page. Genesis is here. Storm warning written by Al Ewing, art by Jacopo Camagni, colors Federico Bleed, letters Ariana Maher. VC Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson on that beautiful cover. As we see the Spire's defenses against the horde of Amenthi Daemons. We got a summoner, dead. And we have some restlessness in the horsemen. Now let's speed this up. We're here for conquest. We're here for destruction. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Yeah. I just want to kill. And then we get an arrow that shoots a plague. That spreads quickly. This is intense. The way that it just completely takes over and then is spread by touch. It's very... um Symbiotic. Yeah. Right? The men, the warriors, the, the 100 want their general to be safe, to be out of harm's way. And that is not his way. If he's going to die, he's going to die with honor. Mm-hmm. He's coming in for the fight, and his power is stronger than this plague, so he wipes it out real quick. Be healed, he says. <laughs> My touch is stronger. So cool. And flying in on her dragon. Genesis. Where's your white sword? What do I call you now? White nothing? <laughs> <laughs> white nothing. Acknowledge my rule, white nothing. I won't take no for an answer. Oh, man, and the sword. The bended, oh, I see. The, the one he knee, loves. The bended knee of White Sword and his 100 men all here save one. The line, yeah. All save one, the one he loved best. The one he trusted with his life, his soul, and his sword. Dun, dun, dun. Where's he gonna go? He's going to... Araco. Straight to Araco. Straight to the bar. Hanging out. We're having a night seats meeting and we're deciding this is this is pretty big. We should probably talk to the whole Great Ring. Great Ring about this. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna alert the representatives. We're gonna convene a meeting. We're gonna discuss none of that. 
War! Gather the troops! The difference of Arako versus White Sword's 100 men. Like, there's no thrones. There's no generals. No one leading them into mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. No, we are now uh, of a democracy, of a conversation. We're trying to lead our people forward in a new way. But Fisher King needs to make it clear that he has fought his battles, okay? Don't diss my name just because I'm not jumping to a battle immediately doesn't mean that I don't know what's up. Yeah. But Storm is not not here for these games. That would be enough. Foosh. I do like this this recognition between John and Fisher. You know, like a warrior at rest still has known war. Mm-hmm. Poor Every- Nova. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this room has been steeped in de- despair and death. Well, I personally, I don't know. It's steeped. You are you're like a death donut. A what? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I love that Al's having fun amidst this building right narrative plot. Right. But here's the thing. Genesis is coming. That's what I'm trying to tell you all. And she has the Annihilation staff. So it's not going to be good looks when she gets here. Right. We have to prepare. Regardless of what we got to do, we need to get ready. Because on Arako Prime... A seed sprouts into a gate. And not a Krakoan gate. The the Akora gate. As a voice from off page... Who I think I know who you thought this I smile totally was. I totally thought that was a Mother Righteous smile. I agree. Tell me it does not look like one. Sure, especially with the reddened face. Yes. I was so ready for that to be Mother Righteous. But we're talking about how Genesis is saying, hey, you, you want to incite a war. Do you think that this war will not come for you? Will not consume all of this area? All of these people? She's like, I don't care. We're here for that. That's actually what we're counting on. Orcus is all about that, baby. We're crazy. Add it to the list. Another thing in Orcus's pocket. So we did a, a Patreon deep dive onto... I have the list right here. I can add it right now. Great. Onto all the things that Orcus has in their pocket leading into the fall of X. And this was not on our page. Actually, Blonde China had called it out. And I think especially having seen Ruben in Rogue and Gambit. Well, and I wrote Ruben and we have Morgan Le Fay, but we didn't like actually... Coven of Kaba. Coven of Kaba is a Mariana whole thing. Stern. And the fact that we have this data page explicitly calling out the specifics of her outreach and also her need to be paid. <laughs> <laughs> How of Genesis' revi- uh, arrival is still unknown, but she did arrive. The fact that Apocalypse is not here. We're, we're gunning for two reactions. One of two outcomes here genesis comes in and she loves it she understands the reasoning she's compassionate she's like wow you guys you fixed up the place this is really beautiful it's a beautiful thing i don't care that half of my people are either dead or scattered amongst the stars as ravaging pirates in space we had to know that wasn't the option she was going to choose right or at least not the option that orcus wants her to choose right or genesis is not impressed and wages a civil war and like the the most simple data page to deliver the most heartbreaking news, Genesis was not impressed. I know. And then but we also have the redacted sentence yeah. in that data page. While we burn the gala. Com- <laughs> right. If it comes to pass, we've at least succeeded in distracting Araco and Storm with the internal politics while we 
Redacted, redacted, redacted. Take down every mutant on Earth. Put Blow them in up our... their business. Explode the treehouse. Throw them in jail. Not going to look good. Well, we destroy Krakoa, essentially. The new history of Arako. Chapter many, many moons. I have no idea what that number is. Next, the annihilation of Arako. I don't like that title. Which, is it the act of annihilating Arako? Or is it the leader, Annihilation, returning to Arako? Who has come from Arako? I think both, because Arako is no longer what it once was. Sure. And so... For the leader to be annihilation, it's it's reverting. It's it's destroying what Arako has become. Yeah. Oh, this is the table is set, right? This this felt like a little bit of a slower narrative build oh, issue, but in a in a great way. Yeah, I'm not saying that as a bad thing. That's not a negative thing. Right. It's a appetizer for the main course mm-hmm. all the pieces are put into play and now we're going to get the war the war that's been teased in sins of sinister the war that's been building since john ironfire's arrival at the end of last issue it's just so interesting to me for coven Akaba to be involved and for orcus to be involved because like genesis has been in a whole nother realm of existence. Right. How do they have this intel? Because of the coven, because of other worlds, because of magic. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Morgan Le Fay. So it's like Orcus is is literally playing into everything that is non-mutant. Well, and then even the note from Mariana of, I know this is you know beyond what you guys believe in or what you'll give word to, but no, ma- magic is real. Right. And we're coming for everybody. Right. We're we're part of this as well. Yeah. We have a seat at the table, so to speak. We're going into some big stuff. Yeah. Which I don't know if this war continues into the fall. If this... Because we only have... I don't know timeline-wise when the next issue comes out relative to the gala. Mm. But it seems like they overlap. And that's going to be the story of X-Men Red as part of the fall. Yeah. That would make sense. Right. It's a distraction. We got a bunch of questions. A bunch. Rem Springer. Remy is loving that Apocalypse is the Jerry Smith of his family, <laughs> which is just a savage read on Big Daddy A <laughs> if you don't know your Rick and Morty, but also seemingly accurate as they all think he's not strong enough. <laughs> I don't know why I love that so much, but it's if so you good. Think about Jerry and then you. Think about Apocalypse, you would never... You would never compare them until until you meet the rest of his family. You're like, (laughs) oh, okay, wow, he is the Jerry. Go home, Jerry. Fake Torta needs, all caps, to know what happened to Apocalypse. Where has Genesis put him? Why is Annihilation in control again? Right, it's so interesting because when they left, they seemed like... Everything was fine. They were great. Couples therapy, we're good. I forgive you for leaving me, Apocalypse. It was, she was lying. It was her idea. She was lying. You're not strong enough. JP Didomasso asking, what is Arako Prime? So Arako Prime is the base of Arako, the, the seat of Arako on Mars or on Arako. Uh, similarly thinking how Krakoa started as the island itself, but then has spread with gates and other offshoot locations. 
the the prime is just the main location of Araco. Oh, interesting. I thought that the prime was like the piece of the planet that was left that like they because when they created Mar when they terraformed Mars, they said come off of that dying planet that you're living on and live on Mars. So I thought this was like the abandoned Araco that was like floating around in space. Hmm. Floating around in space? Well, like, didn't they terraform Mars in order to save the Iraqi mutants because their actual island was not habitable anymore? No, Araco was habitable. And they actually talk about that in the data page, the fact that Araco is essentially in a coma now because of the changing in location. So they terraformed Mars. They made Mars habitable. And then they brought the full island of Araco through the gate and landed into that area. So it Got was it. in that, that Lake Hellas, I think. So it's right? on Mars. Yes. It's on what is now Araco. Yes. Got it. It's just like, it's like the elephant graveyard. Nobody goes there. Sure. <laughs> Comic Extracts wondering if Storm would recognize and trust Ironfire from their time together in Sins of Sinister, especially knowing that Right, well, she, she saw has, the whole thing, right? Right, she's watched Sins of Sinister. So I feel like she should. I know that's a future storm, but I thought she would trust her judgment from then. Right. Especially as she sees herself as a kind of savior of that timeline. Yeah. And again, Daniel asking, what happened to Apocalypse? Remember when he told Magneto and Charles that he would see them soon? That trio's reunion is only happening one of two ways at this point. They're all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> What's the other way? You bringing them all back? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Keep Magneto dead. Stop it. Whatever, don't kill Kate. How about that? It's in the book. Can't, can't stop it, won't stop it. You don't know that for a fact. Jordan teased it. Orcus inviting Annihilation into the 616 seems like a bold play that couldn't possibly backfire on them and everyone else too, right? <laughs> I know. Oh, this is, this so is the worst idea they've ever had. Orcus is stupid. But they feel... Full of themselves. All press is good press, right? Mm -hmm. any, any amount of mutants attacking the Earth is going to help our cause. Right, and mutants attacking each other. That's what they're saying. They can be like, look at them. They're in civil war. They don't even have it together. Them. Can't trust them. They're a hot mess. Eric Huffman saying that Red had some good backstory and development for characters like John Ironfire before the poo hits the fan. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Warline is upset that Al Ewing is tying Ironfire to one of the best Iraqi characters, the connection of Ironfire to the White Sword, and especially because it seems like the White Sword has been nerfed since we last saw him. Do you think, I, I kind of gathered that this warrior that was the most formidable of all warriors in Araco is now easily dispatched by the coming horde of Annihilation? I don't remember enough about him from Ten of Swords to, to speak to that specifically, but I think like the idea is not that he got weaker, it's that Genesis slash Annihilation got stronger. Yeah. And he is approaching her as a worthy opponent and i don't feel like he is bowing down to her out of fear i feel like he is it's, it's like honor. a warrior's respect right, yeah. it's it's not wanting to back away from the fight right 
and who even knows the amount of powers that she now controls and possesses mm-hmm. being at this heightened stage of annihilation with the horde of the daemons and, and what she can do with any of that plague, that, that pestilence arrow and what that was able to do. And he gave away his sword. Right. Like so, he, he, so that he lost kind of takes him down a peg. It's Molly Towie said, all caps, amazing. Genesis is finally back and death and the others. I don't know them, but <laughs> smiley <laughs> Agreed. Face. Yeah. Those are the ones. The one that looks a, like a mummy. Pestilence. But where's Apocalypse at? It's a great question. Everyone wants to know. Hey, where's Apocalypse at? Don't know the, how to make the rest of that song work. TCLL59 wonders, do we know what kind of power Fisher King possesses? No, we don't. We don't. It's weaponless, he, so he, a.k.a. not a fighting power. Right. Well, he, you know, that I think, did I don't know that they called him weaponless. They specifically called Zen weaponless, but I think in the early meetings between Fisher and Magneto, they said that he didn't have a mutant gift or he didn't mm. have a power. And Magneto was like, oh, so you're not a mutant. And, and the Fisher King laughed at that. You, you think that that's what makes me a mutant or you think that that's what makes me of my people? I don't know. We don't, yeah. we don't know anything about what he can do or what he has done. I'd love deep, to know, though. Right. He has a deep history and is recognized as this great leader. He can't possibly be a night seat without... Because he was a previous night seat. So you had to be an Omega to be on the ring. Wasn't he a previous night seat before Storm reenacted the night seats? I feel like he was. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to go back and check. Gilbert Rojo, 1022. So... What about the return of Apocalypse are we excited about most? I think, honestly, for me, it's how upset he's going to be with what's happening to Krakoa. It's like, I left you guys <laughs> at the best spot. I gave you millions of other mutants. How is Earth not yours? I just feel like he's going to come in and he's going to be like, Genesis, what the heck? And he's going to be the one that saves Krakoa. Oh, he'll he'll fight against his wife? Yeah. Probably, I mean, we're going to get the backstory of what happens in the Heralds of Apocalypse one shot. Mm. And that will likely answer our questions about where he is. Vaderino said, oh, no, they're all hot in the White Sword (laughs) Army. Bobby is going to melt when he when he meets Iron Fire. (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. Perfection. Those are our comics. That's Those our, are the comics. That's it. That's all we got. Just a few. Just a handful. Hey, we got a handful more next week. Oh, Jiminy Crickets. What are they? Scarlet Witch Annual Number 1. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can we just really quick talk about the Scarlet Witch cover preview of Scarlet Witch and Loki? And Oh, ah! yeah. I'm surprised I didn't put that in the news. I'm so excited about it. I feel yeah. like there are so many people on the internet who are not excited about it, but I don't care because I have a Loki bias. So let's go. Yeah. So the cover that she's talking about, I think, is not the annual. It's a couple issues later yeah. with Loki in his younger form self that we've seen in the comics recently and Scarlet Witch almost looking like they're about to kiss. It says something about like being chaos and magic, like like hypnotized by each other, essentially. Yeah. Keeping on that magic, Captain Britain number five, the last issue. The final issue. New Mutants, Lethal Legion number four. Excited about that one. 
X Force number forty one. Definitely excited about that one. And we'll see how much of this we cover based on how relevant it is. But Ultimate Invasion number one, Ooh. the Hickman led story, bringing back the Maker, Miles Morales, and the Ultimate Universe. Miles Morales. Plus Avengers number two, which I'm going to be picking up, and I'm going to force Alicia to read if she wants any opportunity to read Captain Marvel fifty. <laughs> Force Alicia to read. All right. <laughs> Put it in the pile and I'll read it. Chris Chris was like, why are you making her read this? I don't know. <laughs> just because she likes Captain Marvel and I'm just using this as an opportunity to slowly pull her into more titles. Yeah. Well, it could work. Could. It's worked before. Yeah. That's it. Until next time, old friend. Charles, this is like two weeks in a row. Where you been? Bye. Where, where you at? No, don't miss you. It's okay. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 